Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Go Michael Show. We are live in the media center. We're here in Phoenix, Arizona, getting you ready for uh, for Super Bowl 57 and uh, all the fun and frivolity that goes along with it. And uh, our guy, Mike Golick, uh, you're right. You're correct. You're, I love radio guys. <laughs> you knew what you were doing and you were tempted to push it. Uh, joining us here at the table and hanging out with us. Obviously, you hear his stuff on Sunday night uh, with Westwood One calling NFL games. Long time over on ESPN for a while. And uh, obviously, uh, you know, with all, a bunch of other stuff going on, you're on the board with USA Football. And, and it was good to talk about your wife a little bit. So please tell her we said hi. She was fantastic I will, with yeah. us. Miami, yeah, she so. loved doing the heads up football and working with the helmet company, and now she's she's helping out uh, with USA football as well. So we're obviously very very big into youth football, yeah. Uh, you know the future and everything, so it's pretty cool. So uh, I, I asked you when you sat down, and I'm going to ask you again. So I said, it, you know, have you ever considered going into a four day complete uh, and utter darkness to f- you know find the light, so to speak? Uh, yes, I know Aaron Rodgers. This is his <laughs> latest thing. Um, it's not. What was he doing? It wasn't peyote. It was some no, other it was paste, ayahuasca. wasn't it? Or whatever it was. Ayahuasca. Yeah. yeah um, I, I was talking about this. What would happen if I did that? I would get four days of really good sleep. <laughs> and then if somebody asked me, were you enlightened? I'm saying, no, I'm just well-rested. Yeah, had a couple I, good dreams. I have no idea yeah. about that. I mean, maybe there's something to it. I don't know. Right. I've never done it. So, I, you know, I, I, I won't sit here and say nothing good can come from it. But I have no idea. I just, I just know for myself. I'm an inch deep and a mile wide. I don't have a lot of depth to me. So so there's really no finding any inner self for me. Right. That would be digging too deep. I can't even do an hour of yoga because I can't concentrate that long. Right. So four days in darkness, like I said, I would get incredible sleep. Are you the guy that was sitting in the back of the room looking at game film going, oh, God, come on. No, no, no. I love Did you? watching game okay. film. Okay. Loved watching film as a player. Loved watching uh, a film as a, as a color analyst as yeah. well. I live for watching film. Yeah. I, there's some guys that just can't. Oh, I love of, it. You know. It tells you so much. You can learn so much about. When I was doing uh, college games for ESPN with uh, Bill Curry, was, uh, we were a three-man booth, Dave Barnett, Bill Curry, and myself. Bill and I would go in on Fridays for a college game, and we'd go in the, in the film room. And they would give us all the tape we wanted. And there would be other people in there in the production team watching with us. After a half hour, they would leave. Because they would get so they're like, how can you just keep looking at the same play 14 times? I said, well, this is what we're looking for. And right. They were like, no, no thanks. They'd throw yeah. their hands up and leave. Bill and I would be there two, three hours just right. just going over and over and over and over. It's, it was our lives. Yeah. It's uh, it, So how... Now that you're calling games, and you you were telling me you worked with Kevin Harlan down in yes. Jacksonville for yep. a while, which I love, Kevin. Uh, but so now that you're doing games, do you look at it from a different perspective, or are you looking at it as because some color guys say, "Hey, I want to bring you in and start to be predictive," and other guys say, "I want to tell you what it's like to be in that trench." So what I do, and I started calling games. I retired in '94 or '95 for Jacksonville uh, on, on the TV preseason games with Kevin Harlan, and then I called college games until my first son Mike went to high school in '05. So I did it for 10 years, and I said I just want to watch my kids. So I just did the radio show and TV show at ESPN, and had my weekends. And then once my daughter graduated from college, I started back into it, and now doing college, and then now with Westwood One in the NFL. My view on on calling a game is I don't try and act like I'm smarter than everybody. I don't need to use big words. You don't talk about this intricate coverage and that intricate coverage. I just try and explain the game to you. I try and tell you what happened. I try and tell you why it happened. 
I try and take you on the field where 99% of the people have not been. I try and take you inside the locker room, and I try and make you laugh a little bit. Yeah. So just talk about the game, conversational. I was with Ryan Radke all year. We, we got along great. It's like a conversation. So I hope people learn a little bit, maybe laugh a little bit, and I can take you where you were never able to go. Looking at uh, now, forward, fast forward, obviously working with uh, the Packers, uh, this year, not the year that everybody expected it to right. be. It was a down year. There was dysfunctionality offensively early on. The defense, everything started to really snap in that fourth quarter against Chicago, and then they went on the run and ultimately got beat. But what did you see? Because everybody automatically wants to go, Rodgers declined. And I don't think it's that simple. Oh, no, it's not that simple. They became an inconsistent team. I did the last game against Detroit where Detroit just saw Seattle win in overtime and was playing for nothing and Green Bay could have got in, and, right. and Detroit beat him, and kudos to Green Bay, or to Detroit for that. Inconsistency, you know, in the passing game, you know, and really in all phases, they took turns being inconsistent. Uh, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers' greatest year, but I wouldn't, I would not throw it on his shoulders. I thought they could have run more than they did at times with the two-headed uh, attack they had at running back. So I'll be interested to see where they go now, you know, because now we had the Aaron Rodgers talk again. So if Love comes in and plays, so we're finally going to see what he can do. I think they're kind of thinking the same thing in San Francisco with Trey Lance once he comes back from injury because now Brock Purdy's coming back from injury as well. And then where do you build around? You know, you have the young wide receivers who came on, you know, toward the end of the year. So you have that to build on. It's just a matter of where else you need to build. But inconsistency would be the big word for me. You bring up a good point. You talk about where you want to build. If you've got a Hall of Famer and you're a guy in that locker room, you're you're sitting there as an offensive lineman and say, we've got Aaron Rodgers. Right. Do you do anything you can to keep him? Or do you say, we need to, to change? Well, I mean, you know, we, he can't take all the money and then we can be successful. I mean, how do you look at that? Well, that's the thing, too. People always say, well, take less money so your team can build more. I'm, I'm not about that. Get what you're worth. You know, it's the team's job to figure out the cap. I know Tom Brady would take less. And, and that was his right to do it. He could do it. But other other quarterbacks want to maximize their money, and it's the team's job to figure it out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and see what you can get from that. Certainly, if you're close to Aaron, you'd, you'd rather have him because you have a window. You know, nobody likes to hear the word rebuild or, or go back a little bit, back, take a step backward a little bit. You don't want to do that because you don't know how much time you have in the league. Every year when your season ends, and that next day you go in and clear out your locker, you know the following offseason program starts, it's not the same team. There are differences. Some people are gone to another team. Some people are done playing football. So you don't know from year to year what's going on. So you want to maximize every single year. So if you go to a new quarterback or any quarterback from Aaron, you're going to think, "Uh uh-oh, are we going to take a step back now before we start to build again? Jordan Love has now been in the system three years. Right. I, Brian Gutekind, the general manager at the end of the season, said he's done everything we wanted him to do. We just don't know if he can win. That's exactly right. Which is true. But you know what you have behind closed doors. The Packers know at this yes. point, right? Yes, absolutely. That's the one thing. Uh, he's. I've known him for years. We've been good friends for years, Andy Reid. And back when they took Mahomes and traded up for him, I remember saying, wait, you have Alex Smith. And then, and then Alex Smith was... You know, cast aside, kind of like what they did to Jimmy G in San Francisco, mm-hmm. insert Mahomes. And I was like, man, boy, be careful what you expect now because he's just, you know, filling, you know, coming in now right. and just started. But Andy would, I would talk to Andy during weeks before Patrick was playing, when Alex was playing. He said, you should see this kid in practice. 
said he's just unbelievable. I said I can't wait to see him on the field. So, yes, the teams know exactly what they have in a quarterback. Now, the difference is you don't have it under fire yet. Yeah. You know, you can go with chalkboard and practice field all you want, but nothing matches the speed of the game, and you have to see that person under the pressure of a game to see how they do. Yeah, I talked to Charles Woodson yesterday, and he said when, when he was going against Aaron, who was running scout team, <laughs> right. he said he, he, he carves us up. Oh, yeah. He said he was killing us, and yep. we knew. You know you know what you have. You know exactly what you have. Because, Charles, I said, do you go to, like, the offensive linemen? you go to the wide receivers? He said, no, go to Jair Alexander and ask him how good love is because yeah. that'll tell you. That's exactly right. That's who they're dealing with all yeah. the time. Uh, hey, before I let you go, and I know you got to run, but uh, who you got in this one? So I, 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 obviously, you know, I do, I do my show with DraftKings with, yes. with Golik and Smeddy, but also in calling games for Westwood, I'm calling this game. Yeah, I'm actually in it. So being part of the broadcast, you can't really. I. It would be okay. You know, it'd be very bad because I, I'm going to the team's practices. It would be very bad if I picked one team and then I'm at the other team's practice. How much? Does experience in this game play into it versus the naivete play into it with just athleticism? I don't. I, I think once the ball is kicked off, you're playing a game. Yeah. I think when we got to the championship games, I said the NFC has more complete teams than the AFC. Both San Francisco and Philly were more complete than Kansas City and Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I feel the same way, that the NFC has a more complete team in this game than the AFC. But the AFC has Patrick Mahomes. So will, you just don't know. I will tell everybody that I talk to on both sides that you are completely sitting in the middle of the fence and doing your job. Perfectly. I appreciate so that. Thanks. Tell your wife we said hi because she's will. a great lady. I she will. really Thanks. is. I appreciate it. Mike Golick, ladies and gentlemen, joining us here at the table. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We've got a whole lot more brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. It's all coming up right after this. Ready. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. The Bill Michael Show. We are live. We're here in the media center. We're inside Radio Row and getting you ready for Super Bowl 57, which is four days and six hours and minutes in Kansas City and Philadelphia. Kansas City, by the way, today practicing early and the media bus to go cover the Chiefs left at 6 a.m. So, which pissed off a lot of media people that were at the media party last night. I mean, they were mad as hell last night. Uh, joining us here is uh, Thomas Dimitrov uh, and uh, the CEO of Sumer Sports, Eric Eager, longtime friend, uh, native from Appleton, Wisconsin, now living in the Queen City of Cincinnati. Uh, good to have both of you, man. How you doing? Doing well. So yeah, happy fun. to be here. Yeah. So, uh, let, first of all, let's start off uh, with uh, being the Appleton guy. You know, it's funny because I was at the media party last night. And there's all these different people from the Arizona Welcoming Committee. And a girl walks up to me and she goes, are you Bill Michaels? And I'm thinking, I dropped something. My license is laying somewhere. And she said, oh, my God, you're the radio guy from Wisconsin. I said, yeah. And she goes, I'm from Appleton. So it's weird. And I'm thinking, oh, this is cool. You know, it's some girl. She's 25. She listens to the show. And she goes, my grandfather used to listen to you. Oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, can you just come here and stand squarely in front of me and kick me right in the balls? Just well, go, I just had, go ahead. I had one of those back when I was a professor at UW-Lacrosse. Like, I had somebody message me on, on Twitter and say, hey, my, profe- my, or my boss used to have you as a professor. And I'm like, okay, now I'm old. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> like, they told me to reach out to you about football. I'm like, oh, God. 36 years old. Right? He's old, right? Right? So, analytically. Now, uh, I, I want to start with Green Bay because you obviously still have an affiliation there. So analytically, because this is what you guys do, is, is you break down all the numbers and all the all the gobbledygook that we love to use is, is you know, kind of, kind of to support our arguments for everything we want to blow up. Um, analytically, what did you see this year? 
I mean, what we saw, I think, was an, an increase in defenses using the one lever that they have, which is to play safeties deep, right? Mm-hmm. And what makes, you know, what makes what Andy Reid did this year so much more impressive, of course, was they were the first ones to see it. Last mm-hmm. year, all these teams started running too high, right? And and the Chiefs led the NFL last year in, in, in uh, points per drive, but they also had the fewest number of drives. These teams were like, look, we're not letting, you know, Andy Reid have a shot at the craps table that much the rest of the season. And so then the whole offseason was about Vic Fangio defenses, right? And, and you, you know, Green Bay, of course, has is a similar one. And you're like, okay, let's play too high stuff. And what we saw is higher yards per carry. We saw, you know, uh, more what we call disguises, you know, basically looking at too high to one high. Basically, all the all the levers that defenses can pull, defenses pulled them this year. And we saw a decline in offense. I mean, we saw if you were in the betting markets, you saw a lot of unders and things like that. And um, obviously, Andy Reid saw that a year before zigged while everybody else was zagging and of course had the best offense in the nfl even after trading uh tyree kill which is a, a testament to him and how you know how good he is with understanding league trends uh, thomas i gotta ask you with uh, with these analytics it's interesting because now you hear coaches quoting sites where it's they're not doing the work anymore and they're just kind of verifying what it is you guys are piling through all this film and looking at every position and every block and every play and every woulda coulda shoulda how has the sport changed in the sense that coaches are now looking to you guys to fill in the gap for what they used to have 20 statisticians do I think they're I think they're that much more open-minded and they know that there's an evolution in the league they know not only on the coaching side they know they're going to be a part of it as you know not only on the day-to-day but as a as a team builder right as a head coach and bringing everyone and ultimately sumer sports we're focused right now on roster optimization which is is just allowing our organizations our owners our presidents our gms and our head coaches to understand we must utilize the data there's so much underutilized data in the entire part of the organization not only the coaching side but the building of the rosters so when you start to get, because you've got pro football focus on one side you have you guys you've got all these different you know you got over the cap and cap spending and you know everybody wants to be an analyst and a general manager and my question to you is because the NFL is this giant enormous animal that people can't consume enough of why well i think i mean it's it's not solvable. And I'm not trying to be Aaron Rodgers here. It's yeah, some kind, yeah, kind yeah. of deeply philosophical question. Uh, yeah, let me, go, let me go sit in the dark for four yeah. days and figure but out it's, the it's, answer. But it's one of those things of, of why get into this aspect of it. Well, because I, what I think is great is that this this game is beautiful and, and evolutionary, right? So when you look at, like, we're never going to solve football. Like, that's the honest-to-goodness truth. When we come up with our product, which is Marvel, with, you know, we take, you know, grades, we, you know, teams grade the players, we grade the players, you have the salary cap rules, you, you optimize that with respect to all the rules, the 1 through 53, the draft picks and everything, the league is going to change the CBA, or the league is going to change the number of draft picks you have, or they're going to change some rule about third quarterbacks, and we're going to have to fit our algorithms differently to that. And, you know, you've seen that over and over and over again, you know, through, you know, the Favre era to the Rodgers era, now to this new era with Jordan Love. Like, we, everybody tries to equate, for example, Aaron Rodgers' experience to Jordan Love's. Totally different, right? Aaron Rodgers had a five-year, $7 million deal. Jordan Love is a fifth-year option that they got to decide this year. It's a totally different ballpark. And so even, like... You know, for us, mathematically, what we're trying to do is take those rules and give you faster answers than, you know, what what humans can do, which is just relate past experiences. But past experiences are only as good as they relate to the current situation, which is almost nothing in the league. So in that particular sense, I'm going to go with the human side versus the analytical side. If you're the general manager of the Green Bay Packers, you're sitting here today going, I've got Jordan Love. I know what I have behind the scenes. He's had a couple of good series against Philadelphia, and I've got cap 
maximization is happening right now. Logically, I would say it's time to move on from Aaron Rodgers. We haven't been able to get it done. We don't have the roster to be able to win the championship, so let's move on. But I also think that I think it's Aaron. If Aaron says, hey, I want to come back and I want to try to run this thing back and I want to try to win a championship in Green Bay because I want to be the most decorated quarterback in the Super Bowl era to go down, and Mark Murphy's the outgoing president in a couple of years, and he says, hey, let's arm in arm, lockstep, let's run this thing back, there's a human side of things that tells you something different. If you're the general manager, what would you do? I think, I think Thomas has a better answer than me, probably. I am ultimately concerned, and you know this from being a football person, that locker room, the leadership, the, the ability, look, Jordan versus, you know, where we are with a quarterback who I think is one of the very, very best. Whether you like his antics or not, he, he is amazing that way. And I think that's really important for us to think about moving on from him as a GM. I am I'm really concerned about where the leadership's going to come from. And this, this organization, I believe, continues to need leadership. I mean, I see what Brian Gudikins is doing along with the head coach and Matt LaFleur. I know them both fairly well. I think the way that they're leading, they want nothing more to make sure that they can put aside any of these distractions. This is a, an ever sort of present distraction, at least from my perspective, mm-hmm. putting the, the, the data aside. And I'm thinking, my God, this is a really, really important decision. If Aaron doesn't stay... Is Jordan the guy that's going to lead this group? And you would know that already. You would know it. Coming out, you knew it, too. There were certain things you know, you drill down. I mean, that was one of the things about, you know, about a quarterback like Jordan. How much, where is his leadership? How is he going to take this team over? And where, where is he going to take it from where Aaron Rodgers was? Because you're always comparing that way. And I just think that's that's on your mind, Heavy. Every day, I think it's on Brian Gudikin's mind. You have a window of opportunity has that window closed do you think because he is a 40-year-old quarterback and the only thing that i look at in this sense and i say aaron Rodgers. the last time they doubted him they drafted a quarterback and he came back and won back-to-back mvps and played his ass off i get the sense that this is going to be that i'm coming back to kick your ass year i think he's still there i still think he can win super bowls i really do i think i mean his his season last year was very similar to brady's last season in in, in uh new england if you look at you know all the numbers and stuff you look at that division detroit Detroit's going to be favored to win that division probably at the start of the year unless Green Bay, you know, keeps Rodgers and does stuff. So, you know, Minnesota falls off. You know, you know Chicago's picking number one. Detroit is Detroit, right? we right. we, we got to see it to believe it there. And the rest of the NFC, you're looking at, you know, the Eagles are, are pretty good. The Cowboys, you know, who knows where they're going to go. But it's not exactly the toughest road back to the Super Bowl. And I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, you think, okay, if I, do I want to go to the Jets? And do I, or, you know, and well, battle? just look at the division. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go to Vegas and and battle with Mahomes, Herbert, and and Russell Wilson, hopefully a reclamation project there? Just look at where they are in the NFC North. And and I think here's the other underscored part of the Packers is development. So everybody thought that that defense would be great because they had, you know, Quay Walker was drafted and Devontae Wyatt, and, like, they had a bunch of good players. Those guys are a year old. You saw how good Quay Walker was at the end of the year. And Devontae Wyatt, too, when he got numbers. Exactly. So you're going to be in year two of the development of a defense we all thought was great. Maybe we were just a a year too early on, hey, this defense is going to be amazing. You have Christian Watson who figured it out in the second half of the year. Like, there's a lot to like about the Packers. So, I mean, rationally, I think Aaron Rodgers probably would want to return if, if, if feelings aren't hurt. I've said it all along. I mean, 60% of me says he's back. 30% of me says they trade him away. And the other 10%, I say that he just says, if right. I don't get what I want, I'm going to call it, call it a career. That's what I think. Guys, before you leave, Summer Sports? Or Sumer Sports? Sumer Sports, yes, Sumer sir. Sports. And uh, what are we looking for? Yeah, the Sumer Sports Show uh, with Eric Eager and Thomas Dimitrov is on all the podcast platforms, YouTube, uh, all those great things. And then at Sumer Sports on Twitter. Thomas doesn't have a Twitter yet. Okay. Um, but, what uh, do you know? Well, you and I have heard from your assistant here. 
We have to get in their modern ages, man. Right? I, 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 I was always dissuaded as well, a GM let me, never to. Let me, let me say this. A little while ago, I'm sitting here with Mike Golick, and we were talking about Instagram, and there's a girl <laughs> named Instagram Model. And Mike said, I always think that's funny because anybody that posts numerous times on Instagram is an Instagram model. And I kind of pointed at myself. I said, I've taken up Instagram. And he said, if I see you as a model, I'm going to throw up. So <laughs> while, while we need to get into the modern age, we can only go so far with it. I, 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 <laughs> that's I all agree. I'm saying. Guys, it's great to talk to you. Look for Sumer Sports. Look for the podcast. And uh, they can follow you uh, eventually on Twitter. Sure. But uh, they, is, is the website up and running? Yeah, SumerSports.com. Uh, February 28th, we'll have uh, written content and stuff like that on the website, awesome including stuff. our podcast. Always good to see you, man. Always good to talk to you. Now we get a chance to put faces to, yeah. and it's really not that good to do that to be honest with you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's yeah. underwhelming i'll say <laughs> <laughs> gonna go ahead and take a quick break this portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at wisconsin harley davidson go to wishd.com this is the bill michael show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network the bill michael show podcast listen rate subscribe